0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thanks for that encouragement, Joel. Isn't he a good man? And he does all the funnies, so I don't have to. So I can just go straight now. So <laughs> he, uh, Doesn't that guy exude a love for the house of God? So I love that about him and uh, great stuff, man. And great stuff, everyone. Thank you. You're done. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Uh, uh, welcome to everyone today. Uh, some of you might be your last Sunday with us for a bit if you're heading off, and uh, you know we wish you well, we wish you safe travels and a and an awesome festive season. Hope everyone's surviving all right and uh, And here we are third week in the in the hall here. Um, but it's scriptural, what we're doing. Did you know that? Meeting in a school hall. Uh, in Acts 19.9, uh, you might roll your eyes that I find this interesting, but in the, in the church at Ephesus uh, where Paul was there, there preaching and teaching, he went to the synagogue and he teached there for three months. And in Acts 19.9 it says, But some of the people there became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, the gospel. That's not a great church meeting, is it, when you can just imagine them jumping up and down and publicly maligning it. So Paul left them, he took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. He went to a school and had the, they took church to the school, so that's what we're doing here today. But I want to just talk very briefly, I'm not going to talk briefly, but briefly just about being displaced. And uh, we've been displaced from our usual place of meeting, haven't we? Um, And the definition of displaced is to move from the proper or usual place. To move from the proper or usual place. Whether it be by war, persecution, natural disaster. And um, I do know that um, certainly in my work we cover... Half the state, and you talk to clients in other parts where the flood has really hit them and displaced them. And uh, you know, a typical scenario is the home is on the farm, dad's out there just trying to do whatever, the floods have come through, and um, and no one can get in there. So he's out there by himself, and the family have had to move into town to rent a house they don't have their own furniture or things around them and they've been displaced and uh, there's quite a lot of that going on. Sometimes we get the feeling, not necessarily physically like that, but we get the feeling that we we feel like we've been displaced. Um, circumstances beyond our control. Um, I wonder how pastor Steve feels this morning whether he feels he's been displaced because he's out of where he just absolutely loves to be and it's it's driving him nuts that he can't be here pastor Steve um, is on his way to Melbourne I think pastor Kylie too he's uh, seeing some specialists down there so so keep him in your prayers Uh, he sends his love to us all and uh, you know god your will be done let's let's just pray while we're in agreement father we just want to thank you for our wonderful pastors and lord we just ask that you would bless that trip and lord that you would be opening doors before they even get there and lord you have the solution you have the outcome to this and you have the ultimate healing and we agree on that and we say it in jesus name and we say amen amen yeah, keep, keep them in, our, in your prayers. Um, a family situation, we might feel we're displaced. We lose someone, we might feel like we've been displaced. We, we want a trouble-free life, don't we? <laughs> but, but that's, you know, th- I'm so thankful for the songs we had this morning that are, that are just going beyond the physical where we're at and that talking about a firm foundation and uh, that you're never going to let us go. And uh, the circumstances are circumstantial. They're they're an aside because we've got relationship with God. But we can feel feel displaced. You know, many of us have come from all over the place to live in Mildura. And uh, I can't think of any um, time I've moved around where... There hasn't been a bit of anxiety and a bit of, oh, am I doing the right thing when you when you're doing it? And people might think, should I have come here, or should I have stayed, or, or those those sort of things? You know, these are feelings that we have. We, you know, when we when things change, we can feel displaced. But I just want to say this morning, we're not displaced. We're being placed, and. Uh, We've got a thoughtful God who believes in order and our care and he's so thoughtful about setting the path for us and putting us where we ought to be. It's a, he's so thoughtful, it's like he's... You know, I was thinking about this and I was thinking of a seating plan at a, at a wedding or an event and a lot of thoughts put into that about who's sitting there and will that person be comfortable there, will that per- will that be a good spot for them to be right now, will, will, is that good and uh, just, he, he wants us to be in the right place where we're meant to be. He's thoughtful, we're not, we're never displaced, we are placed and um this part of the body talking about us it's been assembled for a great purpose if we've all been placed we've been placed together in this body and uh, obviously God's got plans and it's for great purpose think about that when you when you're being feeling a bit indifferent about church this is a great purpose and it doesn't matter if we've moved in if we were born and bred in Mildura and we're rusted on uh, if we've got moved away and we've returned or if we've been displaced to get here while we're here together let's flourish in the lecture hall of tyrannus in the in the school hall let's flourish while we're here yeah and um god's word is full of people who were displaced and that's when he spoke to them so many times you want an example Abraham left his home on God's word Jacob had to leave home but God set him up with that Joseph was forced to leave home and he was fully displaced Moses had to run and was displaced I'm going to stop there but I'm only barely through the first book of the Bible okay so so it's these are opportunities. We're not displaced. We are placed. There's a firm foundation and he's never going to let us go. That's good. I've got that off my chest. Uh, now, I, I just want to spend a few minutes. Uh, we'll discuss what happens when we don't live a placed life. Uh, who's Who's got a bit more of an attention span when we say the wrong thing Rather than what the right thing is, a bit of goss, a bit of goss. Does that, uh, does your antenna go up? Bit of, you know, bit of uh, new idea. Woman's Day sort of, sort of stuff. Um, are you a bit interested about what's not, what's not, and what's what's the wrong way? Oh yeah, tell us about that. So, uh, so let's do that. Uh, our passage is 1 Kings 12, verses 1 to 17. And um, we'll have it on the screens and uh, do pay attention straight up the front. Other people, not me, sometimes your mind wanders during church and you miss the start of a story and then it's pretty hard to come back, isn't it? Um, so, <laughs> so this is a time when King Solomon in Israel had, had died and uh, succession had passed to his son Rehoboam. And uh, things hadn't been great for a while. King David was absolutely awesome, a man after God's own heart. And uh, Solomon came in and he was looking like he was going to be even better. But he he got distracted by things, he turned away from the things of God and God said, your kingdom is not going to last, it's going to be divided. So probably for the sake of King David and the heritage, the the kingdom was band-aided together until the end of Solomon's life. But then uh, Rehoboam comes into the the frame. So let me just read this passage to you. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. He's the new king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he'd fled from King Solomon. That's another story. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, your father Solomon put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, look, go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. "'How would you advise me to answer these people?' he asked. They replied, "'If today you will be a servant to these people "'and serve them and give them a favourable answer, "'they will always be your servants.' But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders that they gave him "'and consulted the young men who had grown up with him "'and were serving him. "'He asked them, "'What's your advice?' How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke, your father's, lighten the burden, lighten the... In our day it would be tax (laughs) that your father has put on us. The young man who had grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. (laughs) bit of... uh an image there, my father laid you out a heavy yoke, I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. Get the old scorpions out. <laughs> three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam and the king said, had said, come back to me in three days. You are with me? You with me? That's not the, the king answered the people harshly. Rejecting the advice given him by the elders, he followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy, I will make it even heavier. He liked the quote about the the scorpions because he he says it again, I'll scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from the Lord, to fulfil the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam son of Nebat through Ahijah the Shilonite. Verse 16, what happens? When all Israel saw the king had refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in in David? What share do we have in this? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, Israel. Look after your own house, David. So the Israelites went home. But as for the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them got a situation there where the whole thing split wide open the answer he gave was not a wise answer and it just caused a big split 10 plus tribes headed off and uh, there was a divided kingdom which lasted for many many years and just horrible horrible situation they probably did more civil wars fighting against each other after this than they did against the ammonites and, and those sort of guys so um, I've just got four points to come out of this story about listening to God when things, when things are like this, when, when you're on the knife edge, listening to God. And um, I'm not giving anything away by saying the answer is listening to God, but this, uh, le- we're doing how not to, aren't we, remember? <laughs> this, we we want to see what's the juicy bit. The first point is that having a godly background only, just having a godly background, can't be relied upon. Um, Rehoboam, he knew the format. Okay, we're going to have three days. We're going to send you away. We're going to not rush these decisions. I want to think about this. That had been carried on before. He he knew the format. he, He knew what was going on. But what had been happening is David was a man after God's own heart Solomon was eh, on and off, and then get to Rehoboam. You, you can't rely on what's gone before. You can't rely on your background. You might have a great godly background, but you can't rely on it. it. It didn't work for him because he wasn't in a relationship with God. He didn't take the right advice. Point number two, take the easy way. Take the easy way. I don't think he liked it when they said you've got to serve these people and you've got to, you've got to love them, you've got to look up, you've, you've, you've probably got to listen to them and their gripes, you've probably got to be humble and he, he didn't like that. He didn't like that. He took the easy way. Uh, leadership is serving and it was easier to take the short-term solution and rule hard and then he didn't have to do anything except of the people living in fear. Point three. Be careless about who speaks into your life. Be careless about who speaks into your life. There is nothing wrong with advice from young people. I know young people with incredible wisdom and uh, that belie their years and way beyond and... They are well worth listening to. The age isn't a thing here. The thing is these were his mates who he grew, grew up with, probably in the court, so they were privileged and spoilt just like he was. The wrong people to listen to. The wrong people to listen to. And, uh, you know, I wonder how wisely they were controlling their lives. Do you, do you take advice from someone who's, who's not doing that? Um, the wrong people. Be careless You want to do the wrong thing, be careless about who speaks into your life. Uh, And even today there's plenty of public opinion, there's popular views, all sorts of things that we would say, oh, gee, I should listen to that. Be careful about who you listen to and what you listen to. Um, He, soon after this, he actually learnt to listen because uh, he was going to go and get the other tribes back and he summoned all of Judah to go and fight them. Shememiah the prophet said don't do that and he didn't so he, he got saved there for once <laughs> and the fourth point uh, not, what not to do be ignorant as to how vulnerable you'll be when you're outside of God's will just be ignorant about how vulnerable you'll be when you're outside of God's will Solomon had already weakened the position. The band-aids were keeping the kingdom—band-aids and string—but um, not anymore. And uh, you look at God's promises. A lot of them are so—they're conditional, aren't they? When you seek Me with all your heart, I'll be found of you. There's condition. There's there's fantastic promises, but they've got a there's a condition. There's that needs obedience. It needs fellowship. Uh, you know outside of god's will means you've let go those conditions and you're saying i'm not doing that and then you're out on your own um and sin not addressed will bring a fruit of division and uh that's for any of us you know we want to lead lead in any way lead your family lead lead your workplace lead whatever sin get the sin needs to be addressed because the fruit won't be great the fruit won't be great it'll be bring division okay the right voice you're still there we're going to go to the omnis now just for just as we close The, the omnis and the the right voice is god's voice And here is why. You want to follow the right voice, you've got to trust the right voice and you've got to believe the right voice and understand who the right voice is, who who is God. And he is. Omni means all. He is omnipotent. All, and I guess it's potent, but he is all-powerful. That's the one to trust and listen to. Not some power, not most power, all power. He's in control of himself and creation. Psalm 115, our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. He's all-powerful. Is that the one to trust? Yes. Omniscience, omniscience, all science. Science is meant to mean truth. A lot of things are done in the name of science that, that, aren't, that aren't that. They're, they're theories and... Um, and so forth omniscience all science all knowledge he knows more than i do it's not just blind power that it's got it's it's great power power to give us amazing lives everything he does has an intelligent purpose a definite goal you're feeling displaced you're feeling your foundations a bit rocky he's right there He's got all knowledge. He's got knowledge to burn. He's got wisdom to throw at us if we just simply ask. If anyone lacks it, just ask. He's incredible. What about the migrating birds? Do you you ever think of those, some of them travelling 16,000 miles or something? They've got a chip in their brain, something in their brain, and in some cases they go all the way back to their birthplace. Some of the geese get up to thirty seven thousand feet to to get some good some good air. <laughs> they know exactly where they're going. They return to where they're born, as I say. you might some people they believe it's the same bird that they see each year in their garden who's done a round the world trip in the meantime. <laughs> Keep the cats away because it's it's a lot of flying and to to have a bad end uh, but <laughs> They've got an inbuilt guidance system. And we know a scripture that says we're more valuable than them. We're more valuable than them. He's got all knowledge. He's got enough knowledge for us by mile. And he's omnipresent. Omni means all, and present means present. Isaiah 31 21. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. There's a voice behind us, there's a voice looking to guide us and lead us and take us along. And the final thing I want to sort of mention is is our trust in him. And uh, one word is, um, well, Pastor Stephen like, likes to s- has that great message about don't drift, don't drift. And uh, we need to line ourselves up with him and trust him and be abandoned to him. What does abandonment mean? The dictionary definition says give up with an intent to never again gain control to give up with an intent to never gain control another definition give up to the control and influence of another you know it's a challenge to me in our worship and we had amazing worship this morning how well did you enter into worship today you know we arrive in control we arrive here in control of our lives and sometimes we don't even let control go during worship we sing the words and we finish and we're in control still <laughs> but why aren't we abandoned to god why aren't we throwing our arms and our hearts open to him to him we abandon abandon ourself because the omni person is ready to take over